I'm Stephanie Lugo, and this is the Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9 to fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our 9-to-5s to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. I am so excited for this episode with you because today on the show, we have a new guest and new friend to me, Matt Musket. If you are a fan of the Market Authority Show and some of the stuff that we talk about here, you're going to love Matt. Matt is passionate about helping real estate professionals connect more, sell more, and enjoy the business more, which is everything I'm all about. Over the past 11 years, Matt has met with over a thousand agents, lenders, and other real estate professionals to learn from them and share tips. He has been helping real estate agents since 2010 learn the digital marketing side of things, which is super cool. These tips and that basis of experience became a lot of how he shares these different strategies with real estate agents and lenders. And it has also become the basis of his first book, Tag, the Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing. Matt is the marketing director at Treadstone Mortgage and is also host of the Marketing and Other Markets podcast. We dive into so many really fun topics during our conversation, all about really how to market yourself during a market shift. And Matt brought some really fresh new tips and ideas that I have never actually heard of. So I'm really pumped for you to get your hands on some of these strategies. We cover lead tracking and metrics monitoring and the importance of that, which right now, maybe more than ever, is going to be critical to your success in the market shift as it comes. He also shares ways that we can continue to serve and nurture our database as the market continues to turn. He gives us some incredible new ideas on lead generation, especially for even new or seasoned agents who are looking to diversify their lead flow. He gives some really awesome new tips that I've actually never really thought of that I will be exploring personally in the way that I coach agents and and work my own business too. We dive through just so many other different topics, and, and I think that you're really going to love this conversation. So without further ado, here's Matt. Matt, thanks so much for joining me. I'm excited to get to it. Awesome. Thanks, Stephanie. Glad to be here. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. So we, we've already had, had a lot of fun just chatting off the camera. For those who have not met you yet, can you share a little bit about your story and just kind of introduce yourself? Sure, absolutely. So I'm Matt. Uh, I'm a marketing director at Treadstone Mortgage, neighborhood loans company out of uh, the Midwest. And I got into real estate because 11 years ago, 
real estate had single-handedly catapulted the world economy into the dirt. There were no other jobs out there except for one in a mortgage company. And my mom said not to take it, but I took it. And it was the best move I ever made because our industry has endless opportunity for people who are, who are social, who are networkers, and who are willing to try something new. So I started doing the digital side of real estate marketing um, back in 2010. And that quickly evolved into really uh, helping agents, lenders, and other real estate professionals figure out what's working for them. Because I'm pretty passionate about, about opening people's minds up to the fact that real estate isn't a one-size-fits-all approach for marketing. Um, every person I talk to, like something different works for them because we all bring different assets to the table. We have different family lives. Some of us are from the area we serve. Some of us are not. Some of us like want to do buyers. Some want to do sellers. Some want to do something else. Others have major relationships with like, you know, high-end markets. Others have nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's my approach. And so all I've done is I've done 5,000 meetings with different realtors and professionals. And I've learned one thing from each person. And so now I meet with people every day and we go through what could be a good fit for you. And my goal is that, you know, today on your show, uh, everyone leaves with at least one tangible thing that they can do today to get some business without spending any money. And that's actually, I put my first book out there a year ago, a year and a half ago, COVID kind of skews the time. And uh, it's the tangible action guide for real estate marketing, where we really just give lots of individual things people can do to get some business. I love that. And we are all about action here on the Market Authority Show. So I think we're going to have a great time. Um, so so let's kind of get to it. And, and what I'd like to kind of discuss with you is where your mind is at as the market is beginning to shift. So I am part of a small but mighty team here in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. And things have happened so quickly to shift the market almost at a pace that is like hard to stomach for some yeah. people. So as you are looking at these different ways to kind of react to that in ways that we can still um, be relevant with the market, but not be tone deaf (laughs) as things continue continue to shift, what are you working on with agents? Yeah. So the, the number one biggest thing is that most agents and sales professionals in general don't track enough of their leads. And so I think like, you know, many agents right now are in this position where, yeah, they keep hearing that the market's shifting, but to them, it just feels like a much needed break, right? From the last 10 years of, you know, we've been on an up and up for 10 straight years. So I think a lot of you who haven't felt the shift happen yet are, are in for a little bit of a shock. And what I would do is I would start to really make sure you're tracking your leads as best you can. Um, Not only your leads, but also your active buyers, sellers on the other side, where the deals are coming from. And then I would look to see, are my referral sources that are actually leading to active buyers, sellers, and closings, are they shift proof? Are they inflation proof? Are they recession proof? Like not saying that we're in one, but like, you know, direction we might be going. I mean, the writing's on the wall at this point. Writing's on the wall. And, you know, every market's different. And to, you know, I'm in Michigan, you're in your Arizona your market always feels stuff like this first, right? Mm -hmm. You have the advantage of like booming first, but typically those markets also suffer first. So for people that might be in Oklahoma or might be in the middle of the country, if you're not feeling it yet, it always follows the same pattern. So I would say start, yeah, like people need to start focusing on really looking at if their lead sources are going to be steady. If your lead source, if this is like one for everyone to listen out for, if your main lead source is hope marketing, And hope marketing is where you think because you're cool and you're a nice person, people will call you when they're ready. If that's your main source of marketing, 
the shift is going to kick your ass because there's no, there's no way around it. If your main source of marketing is that you have an in with the HR director at 10 local companies in town and your local church, and you're like the active mom or dad at, at soccer practice every day talking to everyone, your business is probably going to be fine as long as you start putting more pieces of bait out there into those groups that you're a part of. Oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack just with that. So I ramble a lot, so I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I I do too because I think context is important, and I think that that's where you're coming in. You're really sharing a couple of different angles of how um, how this one topic of just something as simple as tracking your leads is so important. And you know, it's it's fascinating that you mention it because this is a core part of our strategy and market authority, where we're helping agents mitigate these issues, and. It doesn't matter if it's a brand new agent or a 20-year agent. All the time I'm talking to agents who are like, oh, I've never really tracked my leads. I just kind of like hope everything works well. And it's it's really interesting too, because there are leading and lagging measures in those metrics that we need to be looking at. And I was just having a conversation, and I wonder if we've had these conversations too with an agent who was like, Well, I mean, sales prices are are still fine here. And I'm like, but that's that's a that's a lagging measure. Like sales price, closed sales prices is just a record of what happened six weeks ago. Right. Like that tells nothing about what's happening today. And we look deeper into the metrics. She was in Indiana. We look deeper into the metrics in her area because she was the same like middle America where she's a little more insulated from the shift. It doesn't happen quite as quickly there. And sure enough, inventory was already up month over month, 15% right? Like pending sales are down. Like they, she's seeing these different numbers. She's like, oh, I didn't realize. I'm like, see, you're about six weeks out still from really feeling numbers that actually reflect what the shift is. So when you're working with agents, and I'm so sorry, this is my long roundabout, where, where do you start looking at the metrics? Or is it really just a matter of like, just pay attention, guys, like that kind of thing? Well, you know, number one, I think in the last couple of years, so many agents have gotten like really accustomed to this, like, hey, let's be a solo agent. Let's do a virtual brokerage. And like, let's never talk to other real estate professionals. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's going to hurt. Um, because the agents that are at their offices and actually showing up to the meetings and being present in their local associations, they're hearing from, you know, 500 other people near them what's happening. And that gives you a much better, better mindset. Um, I think using an app like Showing Time to track the number of showings on different price ranges in your area in real time. And like you said, historically, in, for most agents around the country, that's a tool that we have access to that has just amazingly rich data. I've um, never looked at that. I have never once looked at that for data. For data. This is this is crazy. So this is like an easy one for everyone. Anyone out there that uses Showing Time for like scheduling showings can log into the back end of Showing Time and look at actual data in their market. Now I'm app sure there's or app or desktop. Uh, I've only done it on a desktop. Okay, that's helpful. Um, yep, I've done it on the desktop, and there is just so much information. I mean, you can look at like you know, home prices between 500 and a million with this number of beds and bats, and then look at how many showings are happening, days on market, uh, days to pending, days to close, et cetera. And so like in our market, we're finding that like, you know what, the 200 to $400,000 price range is virtually unaffected right now by the shift, right? Like there went from being 30 buyers per property to 10, but they're still going for over ask. But I'll tell you what, our high end market, the 600 to 1.1 stuff is sitting and prices are reducing by, by big numbers. So, you know, local agents near me, hopefully you're attuned to that. But if you're not, what are you going to do? So I'll kind of give one, like one crazy idea that I think all of us have in our arsenal that we could do to get some, to get some business. We talked first about tracking leads. And if you're like a mega agent listening to this, 
who's like, I'm going to tune out because I've already been doing that. Any good agent's doing that. Listen up to the second part because I almost guarantee you're not doing this. Part two, going above and beyond, is tracking the leads you give rather than just the ones you receive. Because here's what you can do with it. If you're track, so think of it this way, like a realtor is better poised than any other job profession in the world to give referrals, right? You're referring possibly a lender, a title company inspector, uh, a photographer, a stager, a plumber, a roofer, an electrician. Maybe you're giving them the name of the local school, church, soccer club, whatever. Um, but you're not tracking it. You're giving all these referrals, like millions of dollars. I guarantee you refer out more money than you make, most of us. Mm -hmm. If you start tracking these, it sets you up to make phone calls. And we all know that getting people on the phone, getting people face to face is the best way to get more business. Yeah. So all of a sudden at the end of the year, you could give a call to your plumber and say, hey, I just wanted to check in and see how things are going. I know last year I sent you the Joneses, the, the Palmers, the, the Washingtons, whatever. Were those good referrals? Do you want more of them? Did, did it help you out? And they'll you can have that honest conversation. And then you can look at how many they sent you. And it really sets up that that idea of like, they should be sending you something of value. Now that's a lot of reciprocity. Law of reciprocity. People like helping those who help them. Yeah. And it's not always going to be a deal for a deal, right? Like your lender will never be able to send you as much business as you send them, but are they showing up to your client appreciation events? Could your lender sponsor a house ring party for your clients where you could both get a couple more leads? Like what could each person you gave a referral to do for you? Sometimes you do need to put some creativity into that. Um, but I mean, like for us, like we did a huge loan for a guy that owns a pizza place. And we said, hey, would it be cool as like a thank you if we bought like a couple hundred pizzas from you for our next client event? He's like, dude, absolutely. And he gave, he gave us a great deal. So now he's like our main vendor. Like think about who you can help that's on your client list, how you can refer to them. And then how does that set you up to better ask them for referrals or other things of value? So let me float my idea that's right in alignment with this. Is that cool? Please. How many times have you spoken with an agent who's like, but I don't have a database? <laughs> um, those are so funny you say that. That's where you begin, right? That's where you begin. So the chapter one in my book is all about like accountability, databases, and time blocking. Uh-huh. But I guess, look, do you want to talk database for a minute? Sure, let's do it. All right, cool. So a database, a sphere of influence or whatever. Mm-hmm. My number one recommendation, always start it in an Excel spreadsheet. Since 1985, you can upload a, a CSV file to any online database. Yeah. Uh, number two, you want this in a place that you own, not a place that your broker owns, not because you don't trust them, but because technology changes all the times and brokerages are switching stuff up constantly. Mm-hmm. Next, you want everything broken down to the lowest common denominator, right? Like first name, last name, email, uh, address, city, state, zip code, spouse name, all in different columns. And by the way, guys out there, don't just put the dude's name in your CRM system, put the wife's name too. It's incredibly rude if you only put one of the two partners in the relationship. And it's also like, it makes no sense because you want to make money off anyone, not just like the one person you talk to. And you never know who the decision maker is. So make sure you add both and put kids' names in. The more information you put into your database, it actually solves the riddle of what do I say when I call? Because if I have your kids' names, their ages, and what they're into the last time we were talking about in my database... I now have a reason to call you like, you know, tomorrow, Stephanie, if I wanted to call you and say, Hey, let's do another, let's do another podcast. Or, Hey, like, I want you to sell my book somewhere. I'm not going to lead with that. Cause that's tacky, right? Like I'm right, like a right. middle level marketing salesperson. I'm going to lead with, Hey, I know we talked about potty training our two-year-olds. Here's a book. I found about it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And then I can call you back in two weeks to see if you read it, to see how things are going. Like you have to really you put more in your database so that you have a reason to call 
and then take notes on when you talk to people, what the result was, and then move on down the list. Like the number one reason agents don't call is because they don't know what to say. Yeah, or they're afraid of sounding salesy, spammy, that kind of thing. Yeah, and like no one, especially no agent like 20 to 40 years old wants to sound spammy or salesy. So use your database to get through that. You can also use social media. Like before you call them, type them in really quick, see what they've been up to and go from there. Do a little cyber cyber stalking. So I actually, when I'm working with agents to do this, um, if they get to the point of having a CRM, it's just easier to keep more of those links and like details. Yeah. So I say like straight up copy their usernames and their, their links, like www.instagram.com slash client name, you know, whatever their yeah. username is. And always have it in your CRM so you can like literally just look and see what they've been up to. So like before you and I chatted, I looked you up and I was like, I was like, what, what's Matt been up to? And I saw like all kinds of really fun things. I saw this really cool family trip. I saw that you, you know, had, had, you know, kids and you and I had stuff to talk about as soon as we hopped on this call. Well, and it's crazy because like, if you wanted the easiest task to do, like if you're an agent listening and you're like, I have no plans tomorrow, this is what you do. You simply sort your friends list on, on your favorite social site from A to Z. On Facebook, it's pretty easy. On Instagram, just keep a note of where you left off and send out 10 messages per day based on whatever you've seen that person post about recently. It gets the conversation going. And if they're a normal human being, they will ask you how you're doing. If they ask you how you're doing, now you have carte blanche to mention positive things about real estate, your family, the market, et cetera, or try to set a meeting up to go deeper in that, in that conversation. Agents who do this 10 people a day, five days a week, I almost guarantee you'll be able to set two to three meetings and then you should know what your results are on meetings. So, so that's the biggest key though. So many agents are not setting meetings. So you can do this on Instagram too. And my, my way to do this, I talk to a lot of my database people on Instagram because they're already there. They're already hanging out there. And so a lot of my leads come in from Instagram. My past clients are there. I'm having conversations with them. And that's how I set a lot of appointments too, exactly as you say. So I'm, you and I are totally on the same page. Sometimes when I talk to agents and, and, you know, encourage them to try this and do this, they're like, yeah, but I just, I'm not setting, like, I don't have the appointments. I'm not getting the appointments. And I'm like, well, are you asking for the appointment? <laughs> Or are you waiting for them to like you? You do have to take a little bit of um, of leadership in this in this conversation. So what does that look like when when you're kind of guiding your people to do that? You know, when I'm trying to figure out, like, when I'm trying to get someone to meet with me, right? Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to think about two things. Two things. Number one, is there like who has the who has more credibility in this? Like, do am I desperate for a meeting with them? Am I really trying? Are they like? Basically, do they, do they make double what I make and are like, am I inconveniencing them by meeting with them? Or am I the person in the relationship who likely has a lot more experience, a lot more assets, not to, not to break it down like that, who that person's going to be excited to meet with me, right? Yeah. Um, and then I like to see if I'm going to pitch a meeting, is this going to be a meeting that's like on Zoom, in person, at a coffee shop, an expensive dinner, right? Like if I'm pitching like, you know, a client that runs HR for a global company, like I'm going to pitch, the, I'm going to stalk the shit out of them. I'm going to figure out exactly what they like, the best restaurant in town that they've been dying to go to. I might invite their spouse and my spouse to make it fun. I'm going to figure out the best possible angle that I have. But for another agent, like we both have two-year-olds, like I would set up a play date. Like, yeah, no doubt. Like I'm setting oh, up man, a I've been crushing the play dates. <laughs> yeah. Because like, then like, you're not just meeting, like, even if like the meeting with me kind of sucks, like you've gotten your kids something out of it. Yeah. Um, and I can't tell you how much business that I've personally picked up since I've had kids because it really tripled my network. So, um, 
I, I don't work for any like, you know, organizations that are, they're all about that, but I'm telling you guys have kids. You will explode your business. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? I was just, I have a, a dear client friend who actually lives in my neighborhood and I posted in my Instagram stories about taking my son on a walk and she is expecting a baby any day now. She, this, this poor girl is large with child. She's not going on any walks yeah. right now, but she sent me a direct message. She was like, Oh my gosh, please let me know the next time you're going on a walk as soon as this baby is out. And, and as soon as I'm ready, I'm going to be ready for some of those hot mom walks. And I was like, yes, of course I will definitely bring you in. And she's in healthcare and she, yeah. she is an ideal client, like great, you know, million dollar plus price point. That's who I want to be aligning with. So, you know, I'm going to be hitting her up anytime. Um, but it's just kind of thinking outside the box and thinking like, get the sale out of it get right. the sale out of it and focus on that relationship and connection. And it's so much more fun anyway. Well, you know, one of the things I say is like, you mentioned like, you know, you stalked me for, you know, I don't know, two minutes, five minutes, whatever, but you mentioned family vacation restaurant. I went to kid stuff. And it's funny because like my personas online are real estate marketing, mm-hmm. family vacations and food. And occasionally wine watches and pickleball. Those are like my secondary ones. Okay. Did I see a pickleball mug? Uh, yeah. I have a is that what you mug. have in your hand? Yes. That's a, okay. First of all, that's a beautiful mug. So Thank you. really nice aesthetics. We did the, uh, our office uh, about a month ago planned and hosted, I think the world's first real estate only pickleball tournament. Oh my gosh. So we had a hundred people show up. Uh, we gave away a golden pickle to the winners. And uh, we also had a learn to play clinic for people that wanted to get into it, but that was my whole thing. Like I but what, a, what a great so, other like, networking opportunity. Yeah. Right. Like I want to spend every minute of my day as a real estate professional doing things that I like. So what yeah. do I do? I have like three wine nights a week, maybe a bourbon night once a month, a pickleball event, pickleball networking. Like I'm not doing meetings sitting at my desk all the time. Like I'd rather kill myself. Like yeah. I want to do things that make me happy. Um, and I think we can all, we can all do that. I'll give you guys like a crazy, a crazy one. If you like your clients, um, instead of like doing the generic postcards and like, all of the like boring things that like are kind of soul crushing for you <laughs> do marketing to them after closing that you will enjoy. So my close friend, Emily realtor in town, she is hosting an event at the local indoor dog park that has a bar. She's inviting all of her clients with dogs and anyone else. And she's simply giving one person, every person a beer ticket and then like a customized dog leash with her information on it. Like all she wants to do on Sunday anyways, is go to the dog park and hang out with her dog. So what's she doing? She's just inviting clients instead of like, you know, giving them a free apple pie at Thanksgiving or whatever other agents are doing. Figure out how to make it your style. Yeah. I've had, I've had some, some agents that I work with do really fun things and we're the beer people, like we're the beer and wine people. We just want to like, kind of, kind of do do that thing. Um, other people are the very kid centric activity driven. I'm not that creative, but one, one of my favorite examples is, um, my friend, Karen Ann out of Georgia, she does a pumpkin carving contest every year during, during, the fall. And then she also has a little photo session at the same time. So people go get their family photos. Everybody gets a pumpkin. They have a pumpkin carving contest, their snacks. It's so simple, but so fun. And every time she gets incredible content from it too. So it's like one of those events that everybody wants to be a part of, because if you miss it the first year, you're not going to miss it the second one because she does such a great job of sharing how much fun everybody had. Well, and like, if she wants to take this to the next level, I mean, let's put a contest together where if they tag, if they tag a picture of their kid's pumpkin and they tag her on social media, their kid gets entered into the drawing to see which pumpkin is best. 
People can vote on it. It gets her brand everywhere. And then someone gets prized. Um, I've had agents do like the, whichever kid every year colors the coolest house is entered to win like a $2,000 scholarship. Oh, and then like that's pretty cool. Much every month you have clients like submitting things. During COVID, she killed it. She had like 10,000 submissions during COVID just because oh, kids had nothing to do. But like get people's kids involved and you can, you can crush it. Yeah, that's so fun. So we could talk about this stuff for a long time, yeah. but, but you and I are clearly like on the same page with, with this stuff, which I love. Um, as we go into the market shift, this cannot drop. Like we have to stay on top of the database and, and caring for people, especially the people who have just bought. Because my people who bought during the spring, who maybe had to pay 50K out of pocket just to lock up the house, are looking at the market shift and they're like, did I just F up? Right. So like with, with really talking to our past clients in the last 12 to 24 months, what would you say the messaging yeah. is to help them understand that they still made the right choice, even though things might start? Absolutely. Getting- well, number one, step one is, is messaging period, right? Mm-hmm. Like something is always better than nothing. And so when you're not messaging and when you're not communicating, you're not controlling the narrative, you're not controlling the story. right? Like something is always better than nothing, but like to get more specific on what that message could be, the first message is simple and it's reaching out to the people that bought with you two or more years ago and reaching out. And this is the message that I love. Hey, I just, I just wanted to call to congratulate myself and um, get you to say thank you to me and (laughs) kind of be sarcastic with it. But, you know, but seriously though, I'm calling to let you know uh, that house we helped you get by for $400,000 is now worth 625. The market's cooling down a little bit, but you banked you banked some serious real estate returns while the market was hot. Um, so if you ever need any help, want to buy an investment property, there's still other options out there and creative ways to do it. I just wanted to let you know I'm here for you. So that's the people that were two or three years out. For people that bought six months ago and are now actually starting to see, I'd say like only a couple markets are actually going down so far. Most of them are just staying stagnant. Mm-hmm. For those people, you just have to reach out to them and let and start talking about historical inter, historical real estate returns, walking them through the fact that like, hey, the market is still great. The market's still very healthy for every for every buyer out there. There's still three behind them. The big thing is that now is the time to make sure that if you do plan to sell, we need more time to work on staging. We need more time to work on advertising, and and that's my job. So I just want you to know, you don't need to be scared, but we do need some time if you plan to do something in the next year or so. So I try to like get the get people to talk to me sooner rather than later, but also it's just one more communication point to let them know that I'm thinking of them. Um, the other one is getting into their heads of types of people they could refer you who aren't going to be complaining about interest rates, timing. Yeah, this is detail, what I want to hear. Right? Like who? So for instance, the very basic one that you've probably heard a hundred times is every single time. You get a listing, sell a listing, get an open house, do an open house. You absolutely have to reach out to the 25 people who live near them to give them all the details before, during, and after. Because nosy neighbors are going to be the best people to get that home sold to someone they know that wants to move there from out of town, right? Like, you know, every area of the country is a little bit different, but people typically want to live near their family or their friends, not surprisingly. And everybody likes to feel like they're the master of their own real estate market. So use what you have, like your, your, your listings, your open houses, that is your ammunition, that is your bait to attract new people, whether it's a sign in the yard, an open house or something else. So I'd make sure that that is a strategy that you're employing. Some people call it circle prospecting. That's, you know, you can make phone calls, 
Um, but at the very minimum, I'd be doing a phone call, a door knock, a letter, some version of that. What do you think about doing a little bit of a door knock um, that shares your pricing strategy with the neighbors around? Because, and here's why I'm thinking this, because yeah. a lot of times when sellers are trying, all sellers know what to do is look at what people are listing for and then what it sells for. Cause that's really all they see on Zillow and that's all that's as steep as they're yeah. going to go. And so if they're looking at sold homes three months ago and that home sold for $40,000 over list, and then you're hitting the market as an agent with this listing and you're just being a little bit more aggressive because you see the shift. So you want to make sure you're taking care of your clients you're pricing appropriately for the market today. What do you think about doing that little like walk around the neighborhood of sharing like that pricing strategy and just kind of bringing them in? Is that like a little, is that giving away too much or do you think that's actually really beneficial? No, I don't think you can ever give away too much great information because yeah. even those people who might not use you because they're best friends in real estate, all of a sudden you are now someone that they would think about referring to someone else right? because you're credible, you know what you're talking about. And at the end of the day, it might just stop them from taking the cold call of someone else that's willing to mention a higher price just to, to yeah. reel them in. It's going to get them thinking a little bit more. And I think it's going to, it's going to end up with a much better transaction. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And and you can even hit it from the angle of like, look, this sale is going to impact, impact your property's value. We want to tell you why we list it this way. Absolutely. You know? I think that, I think that's dynamite. That's super cool. So, so that's, that's two pillars. I think that we kind of spoke about, um, we talked about the database. We talked about circle prospecting, making the most of every opportunity that we have. Where else can we start looking for leads as the market continues to shift beyond those like direct referrals and just kind of yeah. community outreach? So the big thing is I would start to think about um, channel referral sources. Okay. And so we briefly touched on it, but the idea is that most realtors spend all of their time marketing to individual buyers and sellers. And what you notice is that when you start looking on the list of the top realtors in your area, the people that are doing 20 million or more or whatever, whatever a big number is in your area, they're not, they're not relying on their buyers and sellers just randomly calling them. They're not just relying on their database of a thousand people. They have five to six sources of business that are evergreen, right? That could be a referral partner who's constantly sending you something. So what I, would, what I would recommend doing is looking through your database at every single person and thinking, what is the greater ask for that person? What is the greater opportunity? For instance, like maybe someone in your database that you sold one house to for you know, $195,000, not that you can buy it in the Arizona for that, but maybe, <laughs> maybe someone that you sold a house to is a hairdresser. And that hairdresser is meeting 10 new people a day who are sharing their most intimate details of their life with them. Maybe the, the opportunity for you is to take the hairdresser out and buy her Starbucks every single time you go in and walk her through how important a referral is to you and how she can refer you and what's in it for her or him when you get a referral. Obviously, you know, don't do anything illegal or anything that's against your board of conduct, right. but figure out what they're into and how you can make it worth their while um, and coach them up. I mean, someone that's meeting 80 new people a week or 80 people a week and having deep conversations is someone that could probably get you a referral a week. A good agent yeah. should have multiple people that are giving them a referral every other week. Again, uh, think about nurses, police officers, firefighters, people that are in really, really close-knit communities. Yeah. Could you be bringing in donuts with your information on them or you know, juice from the smoothie bar for, those, for your clients that are in those groups once a week for not only them, but for all of their coworkers? Um, people that work in small pod, that's usually cost-effective to market to them. 
things like that can, can do wonders for your business. You know, builders, divorce attorneys, uh, accountants, financial advisors, like setting meetings with people that are in a position to refer you time and time again is going to be one of your most time effective activities as the market continues to shift. So what's the ask or how are we setting the appointments if it's cold? We haven't spoken to them in that context before. Um, maybe you're literally like someone's listening to this. They're writing divorce attorney, you're like they're writing yeah, it down. Yeah. They're going to go on LinkedIn or Yelp or Instagram. They're going to find prospects or see if their database can connect them. Yeah. How are they going to reach out for sure. that appointment? So obviously focus on the easy stuff first, focus on the people in your database first, mm-hmm. and then think what the opportunity is. If it's people that you don't know, and you're trying to figure out, um, you're trying to figure out how to reach out. I definitely think it starts with focusing on one industry at a time and making a list. Um, so for instance, if you were going to be focusing on divorce attorneys, I would look at Google reviews and sort through profiles until you found someone that you think you had a reasonable shot at connecting with, right? Someone who seems to be currently and presently active, someone who maybe seems to be your age or share some trait with you that you think you could reach out on. And then I would do it by a phone typically, unless you had a reason to walk in. Um, when you, when you walk in, I would let them know that very similar to them, a lot of your business is also word of mouth and referral. I'd walk them through how you also very often from time to time, find out when your clients are getting divorced because they need you to help. They need your help to find a place. You would love to refer them clients, but you, you also need some referrals as well. And obviously a divorce attorney might have business to send you because the judge can literally order that a client sells a house. Not that it's a happy thing, but, um, the, they might be able to take some coaching from you on how that referral could work. And then you're a trustworthy source that they can work with time and time again. Whereas most of them are just kind of asking their own clients, like, do you have a recommended realtor that you want to use for the sale? It's going to suck. And then you're all of a sudden you're, if there's five transactions having a time, that person's working with five different realtors and some of them suck. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually been, we have successfully executed on this process. um, And it, really does make a difference when you do have a little bit of that camaraderie between the the lawyer, like the representative and everything is like going well, especially if it's a contentious situation. Yeah. I know that there are some, um, there are some other classes and maybe a designation, maybe a designation, maybe something that agents can do. But I think that that would also probably be helpful as well to look into and see if any of those are offered in your association, just yeah. to help give you that, give you that extra insight um, or just ask like, Hey, what's really important to you in a, yeah. in a realtor that you'd be partnering with. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, we talked about divorce attorneys, but there's so many other professions, like right. having an amazing contractor can be worth its weight in gold, especially if they do, you know, homes in the right price range. You can do almost like a love it or list it game with people in your database and say, hey, this is a new service I'm offering. I'm happy to come through your house um, with my preferred contractor. We can price out doing all the work you're thinking about doing over the next couple of years. And then I can price out what we think you would net by selling. We do it just like the HGTV show and it's a ton of fun. If it works out for you, great. If it works out for your contractor, that's a referral for them. But the people that they then talk to for contracting jobs, you can expect a certain number of referrals back from them from the people that don't want to take that $200,000 quote. Love that. Yeah, that is so cool. But oh I think every, the big nugget there, guys, is that every job profession out there, there's some tie into how you could go deeper with them and develop more of a, a two-way relationship. And just ask. 
Never heard. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just ask how, so what do you need in your business? Right? Like, how can I support your business? And people will tell you it's, it's really just a matter of like being courageous enough to start the conversation and then digging it deeper, which is yeah. why I love that you're bringing this, this idea, this opportunity, because it's people are going to have a little more time yeah. right now to and, explore these. Uh, you know, one of those things, like, this is like the question I always get like mid mid interview. Well, that's great. If you have a database and you know, everyone in town, but what do you do if you're a new agent and you're new to the area, right? Like it's a, it's a whole different ball game. If you're 22 years old, you just moved somewhere and you don't know anyone and you have no money to spend on marketing. So the easiest ask I find for those agents is actually to go office to office to other realtors and to find out who's going on vacation, who can you cover for, who is old and hasn't marketed to their database ever, which is like 90% of agents. Uh If I was a young agent with nothing going on, I would find five high producing agents in my market. And I would say, hey, I'll I'll market the hell out of all of your clients with your name, with your information. If I get one of them that wants to list or buy, like what this is what what this is the arrangement. Figure out the referral fee and set it, don't set it at 30%, set it at whatever you want to. These agents are, they know they haven't touched their database in forever. And you can call on behalf of them and then do all the work. Mm-hmm. I, I have so many young agents that have set up an amazing business for themselves on the tails of older agents who were just kind of like copacetic. Not in a bad way. Like, you know, you make $20 million a year in sales. You're doing great. You don't have to do more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and so many of them forgot how that how it even happened. Right? It's so funny because like, have you ever noticed how new agents get into the game and they're like trying to talk to the more seasoned agents who've been yeah. in it for 20 or 30 years. And they're like, you just got to go make those connections. And it's like, what does that mean? I don't even understand. And how they did it was so different from how we do it today. Right. Yeah. Like connection happens in a completely different arena today than it did 30 years ago or even like 15 years ago, yeah. which you saw the beginning of this, which is super cool. So you've seen it, but it's just a matter of, I love that idea. Just doing it. Just ask. And if you're at a brokerage, if you're at a major brokerage, ask your broker who they can, who isn't marketing to their database because they know, and then they can set that up for you. I mean, part of, I think yeah. why paying for big brokerage fees could make sense is the connections and the assets that they already have, but you have to ask and most other agents aren't asking. Mm-hmm. Why? So have you ever given this advice and you saw agents just not do it or not do it well? And, yeah. and if so, uh, what's the reason? What's the limiting belief? Um, well, most, most, the limiting belief is actually a fundamental problem with why people get into real estate in the first place. Right. So most people get into real estate or sales mortgages are basically the same. Insurance is basically the same. They get into this industry because they want an industry where they're not going to have a boss where they're like, where they can kind of like do things on their own schedule. And so for some people that are highly motivated, highly organized and who have a good network, that's fine. Like you can get, you can get away with that and you can do really well. But for other people who are just going to wait for the business to happen, you can still get lucky and you could have a rich network and you could sneak out a couple of big sales. But for most people, it just doesn't happen. And that's why I think 50% of realtors this year aren't going to make a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like that, that should be scary and terrifying. Yeah. But I mean, like I look at my market and the top 100 are making crazy paychecks. So there's a lot of opportunity there. And by the way, every year that top 100 changes and there's always someone brand new who's like 24, who sneaks in and makes a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. You know what? That's a really important to make a uh, point to make, Matt. I think that's really important to, for all agents to understand that top, there's a lot of churn 
in the top 10%. It's not like the good old boys clubs who have just locked it down. And there are some markets that where there might be that, but even yeah. those individuals have a sliver of the total market share and everyone else around them, there is churn every single year in terms of who's top, who's top producing. So any agent, regardless of experience, if they do the right activities can find themselves up there faster than they think. Yeah. And if, if for some reason you're doing, you believe truly that you're doing those activities you're putting a full amount of hours per week into real estate and into real estate marketing, and then it's not working, then there's still other opportunities. Yeah. You can join a team. You can take another role inside of the real estate industry that might have a salary until the, the deals start rolling in. I mean, there's many ways to do it. And that's, that's what I love about it is there are many ways to do it, but you got to do something and it cannot be hope marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that takes you back to step one, which is tracking your leads so that when it's not working, you at least have the opportunity to go back and see like, okay, what's not, what's not matching up here? Where Absolutely. are we falling short? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a real estate agent, you're a community expert, you are someone that's there to produce wealth for your clients. You just have to pitch them the ideas on how to get there and make sure you can convince them that you're trustworthy and reliable. Yeah. Helpful to be trustworthy and reliable. <laughs> well, if you don't have a face test, you're probably okay, right? Yeah, Oh my gosh. I feel like we could talk for hours. This was a lot of fun. Um, I know you have a book. I know you have a lot of, a lot of different things going on. So for those who want to take the conversation further with you, can you share where they can do that? Yeah. So you can hit me up on my website, mattmuscat.com, M-A-T-T-M-U-S-C-A-T.com. Otherwise uh, check out the book on Amazon, Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing. I promise every chapter is like three pages long. It's like a choose your own adventure guide. If you remember those books, like you can literally flip to any section. It makes sense. Then our podcast is called Marketing in Other Markets. Uh, it's available anywhere. And it's like short episodes just like this. Just uh, easy, digestible things from top producers. So hit me up there. Otherwise, Instagram, mattmusket 88 We can chat about wine or family too. Love it. Love it. So I'll make sure to have all those linked in the show notes. Yeah. Matt, this was such a pleasure. I had so much fun having this conversation with you. Um, and I want to acknowledge you for being so generous with your knowledge and your years of expertise and your creative solutions that you're offering for real estate agents. Um, we're, we're really lucky to have you today. So thank you very much. Thanks, Stephanie. Awesome. Okay, guys, definitely check out Matt. And of course, if you have any questions for him, direct them his way. But thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks for tuning in. High five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.